thanks for, you know what? I'm going to crack this beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Good. I appreciate that. Cheers. Thank you. I haven't had a beer in a long time. <laughs> I've been, it's actually cut down on the beer since I've stopped <laughs> going to Pacific Junction. <laughs> it's just like that a habit helping. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't helping at all. Oh, not at all, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> awesome. So you still you still doing your stuff then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm still uh, doing it. Um, I feel like I need to get a little more consistent, but like beyond like the studio, just some life kind of got in the way, like work shit, and yeah. uh, on top of that, like I do like a lot of freelance videography as well too. So I got hit with like a cluster of stuff, but the show is like my heart, you know? Really? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I awesome. Want to go well, listen, people that. don't know who you're, who you're, who you are. So let me. Oh, we're recording right now. Always, we always, we just start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listen, there's wrestling, there's comedy, there is uh, rap battles, um, there is videography. Mm-hmm. Um, there and then there is the one of your your latest project, the Creative Imbalance podcast and i don't know if i should, i don't know if it's a current or former part of the girth family yes definitely sean siriani thanks for having me <laughs> you know what's cool like um i imagine this interview and we're both interviewers ourselves yeah. i'm like how is this gonna go is he gonna ask me a question and then i answer with another <laughs> question <laughs> and, but Are we um, gonna get anywhere with this? yeah but it's kind of exciting it's um it's it always feels weird to be on the other side like answering the questions yeah and uh i've been on a podcast before and i remember in the middle like just i was like in mid rant and i'm so used to being the guy like setting up the questions for other people i was like oh am i blabbing on too much and they're like no that's what you're supposed to do like we want you to talk and it, it just felt off but this time i promise i'm not going to do that no, whatever no, I, I need you to okay okay well, just like you like you're like so so when you're when you have your guests on yes i, I remember and so i still do it sometimes yeah. but i used to get nervous about how much time we have yeah right yeah. and, and i'd look down and i go oh this has only been 10 minutes and and i've, <laughs> I've asked him everything yeah you know? <laughs> yeah and, or, or you're, you're like I, I only got like i think i got five minutes left Mm-hmm. Of questions and I would get so nervous because I wanted it to be not long enough for the sake of it being long, yeah. but long enough so that the person that, that my guest w- could get into detail about stuff like we wouldn't have to worry. Oh, shoot. We only got 30 seconds because we got to throw it a commercial or, you know, we could only make this 28 minutes long. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I've got data that shows my listeners drop off after 15 like that. None of that stuff matters to me i just want it to be a great conversation and if it's half an hour it's half an hour if it's an hour it's an hour if it's 90 minutes it's 90 minutes that's so be it. the beauty of podcasting yeah. and actually why i jumped into podcasting um years ago i moved to toronto with a camera and a dream and i was you move from i moved from niagara falls so not too far uh, away yes, just right, a yeah. skip away but um there's nothing going on there and i just kind of uh I fell into videography in college, went to college, Hamilton, Ontario, uh, took an advertising class. Mohawk. Mohawk, yes. Yeah. I picked up a camera. You should be working in this space that we're advertising. Yeah, but you know what? Life kind of sent me in another direction, and like it happened during school. Uh, we did this one project. I picked up a camera, did a little bit of like a comedy sketch thing, 
and it connected my love with comedy and filming. And I'm like, there's some power with this camera. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing a very long story short. I moved to Toronto with a camera and a dream. And I just started filming for anything that's my interest, whether it was comedy or music. And I fell into all these different um, media platforms where they would send me to a venue and maybe interview a band or an artist. But I noticed like when you do stuff that style, and this is going to connect to why I I started doing podcasting, was because like you'd be at the venue and they'd have like a publicist on your ass be like, okay, you have 10 minutes and you start doing the interview. And I always noticed that within that short time, that's like just us warming up. That's when they get to know you, they get comfy and then you got to like leave. Or it's like, like you mentioned earlier, you get nervous about time. You don't want to screw this up or whatever. And then one day I just had an epiphany. I'm like, I need to do my own thing just off intuition. And I'm like, I don't care if two people listen to this. I just want to make a product that I'm happy with and kind of show a better light on these artists instead of having these cookie cutter style interviews that are just too short or whatever. I want people to get to know who these special people are. And yeah, that's the spawn of the first creative imbalance episode. Nice. Yeah. Did you ever try to, you know, as you were doing these um, these interview sessions, did you ever try, okay, they said 10. Let me see if I can go past that. Let's see how far yeah. I can go until somebody's, like, looking at their watch or saying, okay, we got to go. Well, actually, I usually, like, get a little timid <laughs> in those situations. <laughs> okay. But one um, – that really pissed me off was, um, but it was also like very inspiring. I was talking to like one of my favorite people in rock music. It was a guitar player from Macedon. His name's Bill. And uh, we were backstage at the Sony Center and we're, we got a good groove going on. It's like we're across from each other. And um, behind him, the publicist just kept throwing her fingers up like two minutes, one minute, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I could tell he's really into talking to me. And I, I kind of got nervous, and I just, like, sped it up and said goodbye. And um, she left the room, and we're chilling. I'm packing my stuff. He's still talking to me, and he's just like, hey, um, I'm making a tea. Do you want one? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so then he, he makes a tea, and then we're just having, like, this casual talk, and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, this should be the interview. Yeah. But I know publicists, they kind of do that just to protect the artist, just in case I was some kind of punisher and he didn't want it to be over 10 minutes and or whatever the situation is. And yeah, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember getting a chance to interview um, Our Lady Peace. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had uh, one of the guys at our old studio, right? Uh, Girth, I actually uh, went to... The Rebel? Is it The Rebel? Oh, okay. Yeah, Out, yeah. Out Where the docks? It was, yeah, it was like, yeah. it changed a bunch of times. It was the Docks Sound Academy, and I believe now it's Rebel. Yeah, so I, I went there because they were doing a show there at night. And I went, and it was, uh, I think it was during March break, or it was during Christmas holiday. It was, it was sometime during a holiday break. So I went, it took me forever to get down there. Yeah. And uh, and she had told me 10 minutes. I'm like, mm, No. We'll see. <laughs> I might take a little bit longer. Everyone asked me, how long do you need? I said, I'd love an hour. Oh, so yeah. I tell yeah. everyone, I'd love an hour. 
Um, and they said maybe 10. So I, I, I stretched it to, I think, 35. 35. And, and then after, you know, they're, they're just hanging out loose. Yeah, yeah. You, you You're know? like, I could have did this hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, tr- I, try to, I try to, I'll tell them up front how much I want. And if they're cool with that, I'll, I'll use as much as I can. It's almost like when you're at a job and you're trying to get a raise, you like overshoot a bit because you know they're going to like yeah, okay. find like a little middle ground. <laughs> That's <right. laughs> yeah. That's right. That's, That's exactly right. how it is. So Hamilton, so Hamil- you did Mohawk College. Yes. Out in Hamilton, advertising. Advertising didn't speak to you. No. And you know what? I, um, I was really pushing towards it more based on influences in my life around okay. then because I don't know, just my soul has always been a creative soul and i feel like it's just in a weird way like i i only jumped into advertising because i'm like oh i can be creative and also get a job at the end of the day and impress my parents and blah 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 but the older i get and the more i think about my mortality and my internal intuition on things how old are you I am 33 right now. And you're now. thinking about mortality. I am. Oh, man. <laughs> Even harder than ever this year. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding you. And um, it just makes me think. It's like, what do you really want to do? Like, influence aside. And I've unconsciously, like, just flew into, like, the media realm. And I'd be working, like, all night doing edits, whether it's videos, podcasting, or whatever. Losing sleeps. And it doesn't feel like work to me. You, you enjoyed that sort of processing. I love it. And mm. I, I don't know why. I, and I don't understand it, but I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And there's other directions in life that I could have took with one example, the advertising. And I would go towards it. And even though like it seems like everything's lined up, just something almost... I don't mean to get too spacey on you, but... Almost something cosmic would take me out of it. Like, you're not supposed to be here, man. Your purpose is not that. You're supposed to push towards, like, art. And I feel like I'm in a position where, like, I can help people with all these random skills from videography, from podcasting, to even just the network I have built from being in Toronto for seven years to push bands and comedians in certain ways. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's almost like it's a beyond, like I used to always think, Oh, I need to make this much money or whatever to be happy. But the, the older and older I get, I realize that's, that doesn't connect. Money doesn't connect with me. There's something bigger that I have to be doing. And Sometimes it seems like uh, a selfish thing, me doing these podcasting and like, it, it, like, because don't get me wrong, it's an excuse to talk to cool people, people you are fans yeah. of or whatever. But I'm also trying to build this platform to tell the stories of the unknown people, maybe like an amazing person I see play an acoustic set in front of like a crowd of five people or whatever. And I notice the more and more I do this, that it's connecting bigger things for other people that are beyond me, whether it's like getting record deals or put on different shows just by people listening to my show, which has a fairly small audience. But I think the people paying attention to what I'm doing are industry people. And it's a weird little uh, network I'm building. 
and it feels beyond myself and that's what i like about it like yeah. just kind of growing like almost a scene or a community around neat, it man. yeah yeah what was do you remember the first time you picked up a camera yes yeah um, what was it about it that that attract maybe it wasn't the first time maybe it was after a while but what attracted you to that yeah it almost the response i got from what i made so uh in the advertising course i had this one um this one prof his name's Raphael, and he just did this one it was like once a week we did this thing on social media so he'd do like all these different projects where like you can have a blog or like whatever keep it going and then one project he was like let's just have a viral video competition it's like whoever gets the most hits wins and he had some prize i forget what the prize was but um always in the back of my head i would think of like comedy sketches and whatever so i came up with this idea that um spawned uh, or like it was inspired by andy samberg old lonely island videos yeah. where he did the natalie portman rap i don't know if you've seen that one but it's basically natalie portman rapping but she's gone all bad okay. so around that time too i had clean shaven face same hair like a little uh a little less gray and i'd walk around and people would be like oh you know who you look like you look like josh groban you know who you look like and, right. yeah <laughs> and i'd finish their sentence i'm like josh groban they're like yeah yeah people tell you that so um i wrote this rap and uh i told my teacher i'm like to do it right i gotta be like super vulgar and he's like yeah yeah just do it we'll like close the door and like make sure like the the dean doesn't hear it or whatever so uh i did the a rap called josh effing groban and it was just josh groban rapping about like his demographics like old women and like it's like banging old women and just like <laughs> singing opera and like can i swear on the show yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's just like there's there's one line like people always would quote it's like you're fucking with the wrong tenor bitch and like i'm just beating people up as josh groban so i thought it was funny but i didn't get know what the reaction was going to be and they played in front of the class and people just lost their minds laughing or whatever and it made me realize there's like some power with the camera and also the silly side of my personality. Side, yeah. 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 And what's funny. So that, that was great. It was like my class loved it. They keep watching it. Even if I see these people to this day, it's like a decade later, they're like, Josh fucking Groban. But what really hit me was a year later, the, the same prof, he had the same project and he used my video as an example. Wow. And then I didn't know he did this, but uh, I went to some pub night at our school or whatever. It was like Wednesday night. It was the Arnie, the local like club or whatever. Yeah. And I remember just walking in and all these random girls I did not know started screaming, Josh fucking Groban! Ah! Ah! And like wanting to dance with me. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but this is awesome. And they were telling me that um, the teacher like showed it in their class and it got a resurgence. And then it was getting passed around the school and I'd be like walking down the hallway and some dude I don't even know is just like, yo, it's Josh Groban! Yeah, and, uh, and I'm like, wow, there's like just something 
like it, it felt like it, I was meant to do that, and I got obsessed like with just editing and like other people's projects. Not like, Josh Goldman's music. No, no, no. Just um, even like I went away from myself doing comedy stuff and working towards. I'm like, oh, this guy I know he plays guitar. Let's make a little music video, and I just kept um, this momentum and self-taught edit myself, and um, it's crazy. That's led me on the wildest adventures with connecting me with people who I grew up watching or like listening to. And all of a sudden I'm in their circle or they're wishing me a happy birthday or Merry Christmas. I'm like, wow, like I used to watch this guy on much music. And now I'm like part of his fucking circle now from, <laughs> and that's the very long story short, just everything snowballed with my obsession of editing and, yeah. and yeah, not even for myself, but doing it for other people around. And it's just magic's happened from following my intuition, even though, maybe on paper grabbing a camera when you're not like a professional videographer and just moving to Toronto and hoping something's going to happen doesn't seem like a smart idea, but there was just something in my heart that just almost unconsciously like pushed me here. Yeah. It's just like, do it, do it. And, and, uh, I walked up, I, I don't know. I went through a period like a couple of years ago where I almost wasn't, I forgot I forgot about that spirit like of just mm. like following that intuition and it strayed me away from that magic I guess is the word for it it's almost unexplainable yeah, yeah. just the the magic of life and then um it hit me again like last year just that it it's I can't even explain it it's just like a vibe of working with certain projects and stuff like that and I've been going full tilt and I just feel like that creative energy has just exploded again <laughs> like it feels like 10 years ago and i also like i don't know what it is i feel like in the next like five to next 10 years like something amazing is gonna happen like it's it's weird it's hard to explain it's that's cool <laughs> yeah no, yeah that's good man that's yeah. good so what was it euphonic sound that was that your first gig in toronto yeah yeah you do your research i, I got a team of like 20 people yeah <laughs> yeah so um Actually, that's what brought me here, too. It's, like, my love for music. And um, I just needed to do something to get my foot in the door. And um, they had, like, an internship. And I came in. I had my p portfolio. Josh F. and Groban was in the portfolio. Yeah. And a bunch of, like, just ghetto, like, music videos that I can't even watch now. <laughs> like, just because <laughs> of how much I evolved. But... Um, the guy who was one of the producers at um, Euphonic Sound, Sean Daly, he saw something be beyond my lack of skills. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just wanted was like, this guy's really passionate about this. And like, let's let's just put him on the team. And that was like kind of my first step into the city, working with different artists. And yeah, even that route went crazy, too, from working with. And making friendships with uh, Scott Jackson, who was just at the Game 7 Raptors last night, did the halftime show, beatboxer, um, oh, wow. king of the dot rap battles. Next thing you know, like, that euphonic step and, like, meeting their network of people was, like, putting me in rooms with, like, Drake and Method Man. And, like, it's, it's nutty, like, the adventure. Like, yeah. it's been from just coming out here and hoping something happened like 
I may not live the most luxurious life, but I feel like I won the lottery in a mm. way just by, hey, let's see what happens here. And yeah. just magic, man, magic over and over. And even like stories I haven't even told people because like it feels like I don't want to like talk like all these like celebrity stories to like in around my friends and stuff because I feel like to them they might think of it as bragging in a way which it's not it's just like I don't know I've had some things happen to me that I've just kept to myself and I'm like wow that's fucking cool I can't believe I had this connection with that person or whatever well if you think about it right you you your your story is, is not supposed to happen, right? Like like generally speaking, yeah, yeah. You specifically, yeah. You know because you know I mean what's what's a what's a a college dropout? Mm-hmm. You know what, what is what is he supposed to accomplish, right? Yeah. Generally, nothing much, right? But you've you've you know it wasn't dropping out because you know you weren't good at it necessarily. It was like I, I need there's something else that was. That you said, I, I got to do something else. Yeah, definitely. And you even know? like all my teachers were like, you know everything. You just got to like hand in some assignments. But instead of <laughs> handing in assignments, I'd be at home just like making music videos or little like comedy yeah. things. And I don't know. It's it's weird. And like even like I knew it was like making my school life plummet. It goes back to like that unexplainable thing that. I keep trying to explain to you where it just felt like that's what I had to be sure. doing right now. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Mm-hmm. When when did you so you sort of like I see two things happen here. There's there's one um the, the you know making videos and the editing and the cre- you know the, the the creative aspect on that side on the technical side. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the the creative uh, artistic side of um you know being a comedian. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, when did when did you? S- I, I guess you did. You just start getting back into doing stand up. Yeah. So that's that. something. I because uh, I thought you would you would go for that. Yeah, that's something like I dabbled in like a couple years ago, and it's it's almost like an unconscious thing how I jumped into that because I feel like sometimes just in daily life uh, my brain makes a narrative of everything that are just comedy bits like there can be like the most seriously thing like happening and there's like a punchline that comes in my head or whatever but yeah just recently like i'm i was like i gotta do something with these thoughts again and i just hopped on stage a bit but it's almost i don't know it's it's hard to explain like even why i am i do it it's just it seems like just to a place to put that energy into, yeah. you know? And um, I feel like if I didn't have the podcast and my videography life, I'd probably go full tilt in that direction. But it's almost comes to like the point where it feels like I'm doing too many things at once sure, in sure, a way. Sure, sure. And uh, I don't want to just do everything. I like, I want to do them like really well. And for example, like me, doing comedy for the last couple months again it's been i've been hitting up people i've been doing video work for and being like hey i need to push this back to this date because my brain's doing comedy now and it's use it's definitely using a different part of my brain and it's just like if i'm editing a video all day and then i'm like okay i'm gonna work 
um, this bit or whatever, I f- it feels like my juices are dried out or just like I'm using the wrong part of my brain. Like it's it's really weird, but I don't know. I feel like I'm becoming like this jack of all trades, master at none in creativity. <laughs> but it's helping the podcast so much from having these experiences because I'll sit down with a comedian and um, with even without telling them like I've been on stage before and stuff, it's like, oh, you know what it's like or whatever. And even like uh, I'll have like pro wrestlers on and they've told me the same thing, too. And I've had experiences in that world, not not wrestling myself, but like just just like with with other people. And like I feel like I have this front of the line knowledge of all these different art forms Mm. and it's helping the creative imbalance grow as a show and um it seems like if i explained it to somebody it's just artists content creators and performers it seems like it's very random but if you listen to the episodes there's it's uh, there's almost like this consistent theme going on and people no matter what their art form is um just kind of like they're telling similar stories of just whether it's their struggles or things they have to overcome and yeah, from wrestling to comedy to music, it's almost they all have the same thing in their heart that's driving them towards whatever their dream is. And yeah, wow. the, the, I, I I went on a tangent. I forgot what your question was. I forgot what I asked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Does that happen to you when you're interviewing someone? I, I forgot what they asked, but I know what I want to ask next. Yeah, oh, that's, all the time. I'm always like... That's where I'm at. So I'm, I'm always like, wheeling yeah. like... He's going to finish soon. What's the next question? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to ask you this. Yep. Um, you've been both you know, behind the mic, behind the camera, mm-hmm. um, and now like on stage... You know, where there, there is no, you can't edit, right? No, it's, no. What comes out, comes out. Yeah, that's um, scary. What's the, what's the diff? Because I am scared. Sh- I love comedy. I go yeah, to New yeah. York once a year <laughs> for a week uh, for work. Uh, but when the sun goes down, uh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm at the comedy cellar. Nice, nice. Right? Almost yeah, every yeah. night I'm at the comedy cellar and I'll tap on going to see, you know, one of the late shows as well mm-hmm. uh, during during the week. You yeah, know, and you never more. know who's going to drop in yeah. there too. And but I'm scared shitless because uh, I've I've always thought I, I could come up with two minutes. I can come up. With yeah, two yeah. But I'm scared as hell. Yeah. Uh, of doing that. What is it like for you to to do those two different things? One where you know you can edit and and you know make yourself sound better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you've got notes you can refer to and then just being, you know, what I would perceive as you're naked on stage in front of people. Yeah, it's almost like I, I'm i going to tell you, too, like when I do this, I'm scared shitless as well. Like it's and I think that is almost a thing that attracts me to it. It wow. feels like I'm overcoming or trying to overcome a lot of anxiety issues I have. It seems like an ultimate test of like just a mental thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to write this thing in my, in the safety of my home, (laughs) bring it out in front of a bunch of strangers and let's see what happens with it. Like, I hope they like it. That's a scary thing. And I've had it go good and bad. 
and like when it goes bad it's like the worst feeling ever it feels like you're just you're just everything's crumbling around you but when it goes good it's like one of the most beautiful feelings i've had in my life and beyond like the laughter or people like coming up to me and being like oh i love this punchline repeating some stuff it feels like i am growing like and it's it's beyond words. It's like an internal thing. And I feel like the more I do it and do it, the better I get. Almost like I re- I'm starting to like see a correlation in like comedy and jujitsu where it's like it's endless. The things you, you can learn. Jiu-jitsu? I don't. But <laughs> 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 I, I, I know I know a bunch of fighters. You've interviewed a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. And um just like uh, one of the most famous podcasts in the world, Joe Rogan, he's always talking about jujitsu yeah. here and there, and how it's just like it's endless. And from the outside, it looks like a fight between you and them, but really, it's the internal battle of bettering yourself to get the um, to get what you want to achieve from it. And that's like the most attractive thing to comedy right now. Wow. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's scary. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping one day it becomes less scary. I feel like uh, I'm still like hella amateur at it, so it's just maybe more stage time or whatever. Well, listen, but. your your fiftieth podcast episode that you did mm-hmm. um, when it was just you, um, I was I was floored because I can't imagine just me and a mic and no one to talk to. And it's just me. Yeah. Because if you, if you listen back to this, this episode we're doing now, yeah, yeah. there's probably a dozen ums. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what else does. There's nothing for me to say. I tell people, oh, people come to me and they say, Cream, you, you know, you should interview yourself or you should have somebody interview you yeah, on yeah. your 100th podcast or mm-hmm. 200th or whatever it is. Yeah. And I tell them, I've, I'm not interesting. There's nothing for me to say to anybody. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. You know? Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm better off as, you know, having some notes, asking a question, sitting back and listening. Yeah, yeah. So that was phenomenal. I, oh, man, I would, thank I you. I that would, makes my heart so warm. I man. would think that stand-up would be like a piece of cake and it's just a matter of you remembering something maybe, but... When you did that, I think it was a 30, 35 minute episode, that, that 50th podcast. Yeah, one. yeah. I couldn't talk for 35 minutes. You know what? I, on episode 49, I didn't think the same thing either. But um, for that 50th one, I just wanted to address something, say a couple thank yous. I, I literally thought it was going to be five, six minutes or something. And then, I don't know, something just sparked in my brain and my heart. And I just poured it all out there. And it it almost felt like I was on this unconscious ride, just talking into the microphone. There's a, there's there's probably two or three edits in it, too, like cuts here and there. But then I remember looking down at my recording device, and I'm like, holy, I just did a half hour. <laughs> and then there was another process where I had that audio just sitting for a week, and I felt so vulnerable inside about releasing it as an episode i'm like this show isn't about me it's about the other people and i'm like you know what i just i just did it and i couldn't believe the response i got and thank you so it 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 means it's like extra special hearing that from you too like that you you 
you thought highly of it, man. Because like I felt so. You know, yeah. I I said, man, I've done a hundred. This guy's at fifty. But then I listened to it. I go, shit, he's good. He's really good. <laughs> oh, I thank could you. Not do that. But in a hundred years, you know what? I th- I think you can. It's just it's uh it's all timing. Like if. You just have like a moment in the, like it's got to catch you at the right time. And I was lucky enough that I had a record. I had a, the record button rolling yeah. at the It was just <laughs> like because I feel like say, hey, I wanted to do that episode again tomorrow. It wouldn't work out the same no, way. It's, hard, it's yeah. just like I was so like I had this fire in my heart that day. And it was just it just poured it all out there. I And you know what? I haven't listened to it back and I don't remember what I said. <laughs> But people are going, pe- people, people like that's the episode they mostly talk about. They're just like, oh, that made me want to do all this shit. I'm inspired. And uh, I'm like, I don't remember what I said. And like, I'm almost like, don't want to hear my own voice for a half hour. And I'm scared to click on it. But I should revisit it sometime. Just sure. uh, I don't know. I was yeah. I was speaking with um, Ed Keenan. He writes for the Toronto Star. He writes about municipal issues. Yeah. And um, I was talking to him one day, and because he had, he had a radio show on CFRB in Toronto, and uh, I was asking him how it was, and uh, you know he was talking about, you know he'd always have guests on, always have guests on, and his producer told him, okay, enough with the guests, you, you would, t- and he was scared to just talk. Oh yeah, himself because yeah. he found it weird. To do that, but he said once he started doing it, it just sort of flowed. Yeah, and it just sort of came. And I said, I, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but you probably feel this way with interviews. Like maybe your first couple, you felt a little nervous, and now the more and more you do it, it becomes like an unconscious type of thing where yeah, the 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 stuff you're doing just became like a part of you. You know, it's like something you're not thinking of. It becomes the muscle memory. And yeah, it's, it's you ever get intimidated by your guests? Like maybe not then and there, but like as leading up to it, do you ever? Yeah. Some shit, this is going to be tough or hard or. Yeah. Sometimes I find like I can fall in pits of overthinking and not just with the the show. (laughs) That's just my personality in general. (laughs) But um, yeah, there's been a lot of times like um, trying to think of if I can find an example of the creative imbalance. But uh yeah, yeah, just like having somebody in, like, um, like you're, I you're a big, you're a big indie wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. You had, um, I can't remember that guy, but he ended up being the. Uh, oh, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. Yeah, 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 he's on WE right now too. Yeah. He was like Intercontinental Champion or whatever, and he was there before, but um, that actually happened spontaneously. Okay. That interview that wasn't one I booked, but um, so what happened was i i kind of built this relationship with um indie not so indie they're on the fight network now smash wrestling in toronto and they um they book a lot of like bigger name like free agents around and uh bobby lashley he left we just kind of touring doing his own thing and he was on a show and at our old uh studio the pacific or girth radio which was located in the pacific junction hotel um, I had the people who 
run Smash Wrestling on an episode a couple weeks before. And they're like, oh, this bar's awesome. And their show was at the Phoenix, which was up the street. And they're like, we should do the after party here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's sick. Yeah, let's do it. And, I'll, and I'm like, if you guys don't mind, maybe I'll just turn on the mic and drag some people in. They're like, yeah, that, that's no problem at all. But um, even all day, even the people who worked for Smash, they didn't know if Bobby was going to come to their after party because he's a big star. He might want to just get on a plane and fuck off. Yeah. But he was in the city. He was feeling good. And uh, I was doing an interview with another guy. His name's uh, Pepper Parks. He's on like Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. And mid-interview, um, just on the outside King Street, there's a knock on the window. And I look, and it's Bobby Lashley heckling us, like just banging on the window. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're laughing. We're having a good moment. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And uh and um, so the night's going on and Bobby's like doing his own thing, drinking a bunch of ciders. And I'm almost like nervous to approach him. And I'm like, I'm not going to bug. Him. I'm not going to like pull him away from a good time he's having. But if the moment comes up, I'm going to ask him. And uh, he went outside with some people. I'm sitting at a table. He came back in. It was a big, long table in the middle of uh, yeah, yeah, Pacific yeah. Junction. Yeah. And uh, I was with what, somebody who was on the Smash crew, and he's like, oh, these that guy's familiar. So Bobby sat down, like, right across from me, and we were talking about something random. And it segued into him saying, well, you know what Vince McMahon always told me? And I cut him right off. I'm like, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I take you in this recording booth and you finish this sentence over here? He's like, yeah, sure. And that was, like, nice. the moment I had with Bobby, and he, he just – he just really loved the environment too. And yeah, yeah. So it wasn't really like a thing to get nervous over at the beginning because I didn't know that interview was even happening. Yeah. Which, yeah. 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 Have, you, have you had anybody who were like, oh shit, this oh, is shit. happening? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it still happens to yeah. this day. The first, uh, the first person, oh my goodness, and I've, I've forgotten her name, but she's a, um, she's a, a, a host on, on Sportsnet. And she's got the most beautiful eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Seen. And I was, I was so nervous. I go, what the heck am I gonna say? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna just get lost in her eyes. I'm yeah, gonna screw almost, this up. It was almost like that. And I, and, yeah. and the first thing that came into my mind was so. I think she's from Osh. No, I don't even know where she's from. Oshawa. No, she's out of the West End, London, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. And uh, London, Ontario, and that was the first in my in my in my head. I'm going, what the what the fuck did I just say? Yeah, <laughs> and that's how it starts off. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I find like and you probably see this too. The more and more you do this, you realize everybody's just people, you know. Yeah, but I still get nervous. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the last guests I had on was um, was uh, Tom Wilson, mm -hmm. uh, formerly of Junk House, um, back in your hood. Um, you know, out of Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and um, I was nervous speaking to him because this guy is physically a giant. Um, he's got a uh, he's got a story that's you know just out of this world. Uh, and I didn't want to fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't want to ask the wrong thing. I didn't want to insult. You know. And I'm yeah, going, yeah. And uh, I had his book and I read his book and usually I've got one page of notes. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it I had like five pages on this guy and I had no and so there was him there was a story um, that was impactful and you know and I just didn't know where to go with it 
Ah, okay, yeah, you yeah. Know, so, you know, things like that intimidate me. Yeah. You know what? I think it goes back to, like, overthinking the situation Maybe. again, too. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can be like, I want to do this justice. And, like, mm-hmm. you're th- you start thinking of the whole picture instead of, like, maybe steps to lead to the story look at that no you wrote a book look Look at you per person yeah that's insane that's awesome um i used to do that and now it's just like i've been doing interviews with people i'm interested in or already a fan of yeah so i'll have maybe a couple points like an opener and like oh make sure you plug this yeah and then usually the opener like this came with time i couldn't do this right away when i started my podcast but after time i'm like okay i'll have the opening question and depending on how they answer it will lead into the next question and i I, almost like i don't know what the second question is yeah but i think about like if i did it that way a couple years ago that would terrify me like like what do you mean you're not prepared like that's insane like but um I'm hoping, like, since I jumped into comedy again, and I, f- I feel like I'm going to do it a bit more often, that that almost spirit, like, coincides with that. Because right now I'm scared to, like, even go off the beaten track and, like, kind of um, do some improv with, like, maybe people, somebody says something in the room or whatever. I'm scared I'm going to, like, lose my train of thought with the bits I have planned or whatever. But See, improv, yeah. I think I could do because you could you could almost lean on someone else, you know. Yeah, yeah. Up there yourself, it's like there's there's no there's me and a mic. Yeah, and yeah. And a stand to lean on. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why the stand is there. Yeah, and yeah. And the stool. This is just emotional support. Yeah, I think um even after doing it a couple times too, one thing you learn is you can say the one joke one night. And it hits really hard. You can say it another night. The same joke, same cadence, and it's like crickets. And it's all like you never know who your audience is going to be. Yeah. Like with music, it's like, okay, maybe you know the headliner and the opener will be playing, but he's kind of like in the same genre or whatever. Comedy nights, there is no genre. You can have like a squeaky clean guy and then like a dirty guy and then some like uh, something like crazy out there and like the other day i did comedy brawl and there was just like a girl playing a cute song like, on a guitar so it's just like right before you yeah yeah okay. it, it was just like all over the place but um it's almost like that makes the audience also all over the place too like you can't expect them to like everything you're gonna say because comedy is all subjective yeah and on well that's and, an yeah. art in and of itself right to make yeah. that joke always be fresh Mm-hmm. Like you just came up with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, or, or yeah, and you can get burnt out from your own material. Like, yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever fucked up during a podcast or right before, like you said something or you did something? Oh yeah. In the back of mind, that uh, you go, ah, oh, just shit, I just messed it up. Yeah, yeah. huge fuck up. Another, <laughs> 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 another wrestling one. Um. There's this chick right now. Her name's Tessa Blanchard. She's considered like one of the best lady wrestlers in the world, who's not signed to WE right now. And uh, fam- is that a famous last name? I'm thinking. Yeah, of yeah. There's her dad was in the business Tully? too. Yeah, Tully. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's Tully's daughter, and she's like crazy good. But um, she was dating this other wrestler for a while named Ricochet. 
And this is another episode that spontaneously happened without preparation. So I was like 10 minutes ago, I was praising, oh, yeah, I never prepare. (laughs) But there's moments where you need to prepare. So that day, um, she, she wrestled for Smash at the Phoenix. And somebody in the audience mentioned um or just said oh like uh she's engaged to ricochet so i that stuck in my head and um i'm talking to her and uh i forget i mentioned him and i said your fiance and she just went what and i'm just like oh i I just heard a fan she's like no we're not we're not even together we just like had a breakup and like this this audio isn't like released or whatever and like, she, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just, I heard this fan say that you were, you were engaged to him. She's like, no, no, no. And like, apparently, like the breakup was fresh. And if I were on her Instagram, I would have known that. And stuff like, it's like pu- super public. And like, I apologize. And she, she ended up being like super cool with it. Like we continued, and it, like the rest of the interview is not awkward at all if you listen back to it. But I felt so, so terrible. Just like, you idiot. Like, for a week, my my wow. thoughts were like, you idiot. And like, <laughs> but I guess, I don't know, worse things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, there you go. Yeah. Um, we're not there anymore, but uh, Girth Radio. Yeah. Pacific Junction Hotel, the spot, the space. Mm-hmm. So special to yeah. me. Yeah. What did that, um, you, you started off in a park yeah yeah like all podcasts do (laughs) yeah it's almost uh what i said at the beginning of this interview how i was working for all these different media companies and i'm like i just need to do my own thing and tell like some proper stories of these special people around me and like crazy artists who like i'll have one-on-one talks with and like wish it was recorded so um, I got a Zoom recorder. It's kind of like the one you got on your table right here that we're talking into. And um, I ended up calling up one of the most interesting people I had in my circle, told him to meet me in the park. And I'm like, I don't care if two people listen to this. I just want to capture this man's story. And uh, he's a rap legend in Toronto. Never hit the mainstream, but mainstream artists roll through they know who he is whether it's like wu-tang drake everybody but um his rap name is mindbender supreme his government name is addy stewart and beyond him uh releasing these really bizarre eccentric rap albums he's also a porn star but in a different way you wouldn't think a male porn star is he's more about like um it's it's more like lady friendly pornography and he's just very respectful to women like almost like worships them as like goddesses and is about like pleasure (laughs) so i knew he was doing this as well and i used every time i'd see him it was whether i'm like filming a king of the dot show or something and we talk about rap small talk and like i'm like i need to I, I want to know about his porn life and let's, <laughs> let's just record it. And like, so we sat in the park and he told me about his first day on the job and everything. And it was just like, such like a great little like combo. And lots of people who knew him didn't know that side of him either. Or the, they knew that side of him, but they didn't know like all like 
the details of everything or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it, it was, it was pretty interesting. And from doing that in the park and then finally meeting Sammy union with girth radio, him giving me uh, that studio space. I'm like, my first episode needs to be mind bender again. And I had him in. Oh, no yeah. Yeah. I'm like, every time I'm doing something for the first time, <laughs> you're coming in. You're like, coming in. yeah, that is neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how was your experience there, man? Oh, it was so amazing. It, it's almost like I didn't realize how awesome it was until it was taken away from me in a way. Yeah, yeah. I got used to it. I got used to the people. Just like the beautiful fucking bar staff. Like no, I walk in, they know exactly what I drank, handing it to me. And then I'm about to go in this room and I'm about to talk to like some rock star who I grew up listening to. And I got so caught up in my mind almost stressing like how am I going to bring the show to the next level I don't think I um, was soaking in the moments as much as I should have and this is something I need to remember to take forward with me because even now like I say that but am I going to practice that (laughs) like take a breath look around you or whatever I feel like I care about like the end product so much that I'll start overthinking things and not enjoy the ride in a way, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what Pacific Junction was. And I, I hope uh, – or I, I actually thought I could never cr- recreate that experience, but I don't want to give all the details on the microphone. I'll tell you after. But there might be another prospect to do that a- at again at a different location yeah. with a similar vibe, which would be awesome. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the people working there were so special to me, too. So, like, yeah. they could obviously never be replaced. And it's crazy. I'm like, it almost felt like the la- like that last week there, it felt like it was, like, the last day of high school. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to see these guys again or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, They're yeah. Yeah, and um, it was crazy. I did a comedy show last week. And Emery, one of the servers, she ended up coming. I was just like, yes, <laughs> Pacific Junction still lives in my life in certain, like, sprinkles here and there. So, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, what's next for the show? Um, Just momentum. I feel like, you know what's crazy? Uh, it's, it sounds kind of corny, too, but my birthday is June 1st. And I really want to go ham with all this stuff. Like, Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like... I'm thinking a lot about my mortality and what I want to do with my time while I'm here. And on the calendar for June 1st, I just wrote new chapter and it's going to be a push towards just the growth of creative imbalance, the growth of myself, the growth of the small tight community I have around me. And yeah, that's next. And it's, it's also, the unknown is what's next. And actually, it's, this has been in my mind, and it, here's me going spacey again. But this week, like, that's been, like, just in my mind and my heart. And um, a lady I had on my show who was a psychic, um, it was her birthday as well, and I, uh, I just sent her a happy birthday. And she messaged me back. She said, she said, my intuition's buzzing in the next 10 years are going to be really exciting. Which is kind of weird too, because I feel like I felt like something exciting's about to happen. Yeah, so you don't. Need and to it, was al- it was all. It was almost like a second, like whether, whether uh, 
what she's saying is truth or not. It was almost like a fuck yeah, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> so June the first, I'm really gonna go ham with some things, and I'm gonna release some stuff that I haven't announced yet. And I'll just kind of push the creative imbalance to the next level. And it's it's for life. I got the logo tattooed on my arm. You can't give it up now. I mean, no, that's... no. It's my only tattoo. And <laughs> it's kind of great, the location. I, I kind of wake up and, like, my arm will be like this. And it's, like, the first thing I see in the morning. It's like, bro, yeah, push towards this, man. And Where'd you come up with the name? I don't know. Um, This is... Is this crazy too? Because uh, I don't know the moment I came up with the name, but um, I always find there's different meanings to the creative imbalance, like whether it's self-deprecation or whether it's like a positive thing, and it just kind of like moves and flows throughout like different moments in my life, which is so weird. It's like an evolution of what it actually means. And even like, it's, it's, a, logo is it's, like a, a broken, it's, it's a broken light bulb, light bulb. Yeah. and it could be looked at it like different ways. Like maybe somebody like it's the iconic um, symbol of an idea, the light bulb, maybe somebody's idea was too strong and it just popped or it goes back to me being always like self deprecating. It's like, Oh, I'm the broken light bulb <laughs> just <laughs> roaming around. But, uh, but yeah yeah it's uh i don't know it's it's it's, i get a lot of questions like uh asking where where i came up from it and i don't even know man i don't remember the day (laughs) yeah sean man thanks for coming in buddy man thank you so much for having me this was like such a good talk and uh down the road i want to get you on my show and maybe we can do this as like an annual thing like every like six months like hop back and forth on shows and I'm glad we still keep in touch, even though the studio's gone. We're still Girth Fam, Girth Radio, still going, and hopefully, um, I don't know, we can maybe get that vibe back again. You know, like find a proper home and location for it. But yeah, I really appreciate you wanting to talk to me today, man. I-